Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Happy Sunday. Happy Lord's Day. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Thanks for joining us for our time of prayer and scripture. We are live here this morning. I can see your comments. And uh, we are going to uh, put ourselves in the presence of God and read this uh, powerful gospel passage that really gives us a great insight into what Jesus was like, in his, especially in his preaching. Because the people mistook him, some did, for John the Baptist, Elijah, and Jeremiah. Well, how many times do these sermons go back and see what John the Baptist, Elijah, and Jeremiah were like? I mean, there was a reason that people were saying this, and maybe we can get some insight by going back to those guys. I tell you, they wouldn't pass some seminary tests uh, these days. They wouldn't pass the psychologicals. Uh, the way they're done in some of these seminaries, but uh, that'd, that'd be pretty interesting if Jeremiah himself came today and knocked at the door of a seminary or Elijah. Interesting commentary on our times. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord then and ask His blessing. You can put your prayer intentions as usual in the comments and we'll pray for one another. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord, for this day which you have made, this day which, like every Sunday, we use to focus again on the resurrection of Christ that overcomes every evil, every sin, that conquers death itself, gives us the victory of life already now in our hands, in our midst, in our hearts. We ask you, Lord, to bless us. We ask you to renew our repentance for all sin, for anything we have done or failed to do, these sins that have separated us from you, we ask you to help us turn away from them definitively and grow in strength each day over all temptation. Help us to urge others to repentance. Help us now, Lord, to understand, to faithfully live, and to spread your word. Keep us on the path of salvation, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, this reading comes to us from the 16th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and He asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, You are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one 
that he was the Christ. Lord, bless us with the revelation that comes from you that Jesus is the Son of the living God. On this confession of faith, on this profession, your church is based, your community is called together, our mission and message are given to us to proclaim to the world. Thank you for enabling us to be among those who know who your Son is. For as he told us, no one can come to him unless you, the Father, draw us. Thank you for drawing us to your Son, in whom is all truth, grace, and salvation, and who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. That is the confession of the church, isn't it? That Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. That's why we can take everything He says as true. That's why we can say our obedience to Him supersedes obedience to any human law or human institution or human relationship. That's why He is the one and only mediator between God and humanity, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why everyone who teaches the gospel is answerable to Him. That's the confession of faith on which the church is built and on which every leader in the church and every member of the church is responsible. But I want to focus on something that is often just skipped over. Oh, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah. Oh, but who do you say I am? Well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay. But why did they say he was Elijah, Jeremiah, or John the Baptist? Let's get an insight into Jesus by listening to a little bit of the preaching of those guys. Jeremiah. Let's start with him. He was prophesying just before the Babylonian exile to the people of Judah, 6th century before Christ, and he said, look, the Babylonians are coming. And it's not because of any political or military weakness or miscalculation. It's because of a spiritual problem. You've violated the covenant. You're shedding innocent blood. You're killing your children, just like we do today with abortion. And uh, punishment is going to come on you unless you repent. So listen to the famous temple sermon in Jeremiah chapter 7. Now remember, the people who were hearing Jesus, they knew this full well. They were very familiar with this. And they confused Jesus with Jeremiah. Jeremiah 7, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah, who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you indeed truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail, 
Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? And then come here and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it because of the evil of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these things, declared the Lord. And when I spoke to you persistently, you did not listen. And when I called you, you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house that is called by my name and in which you trust, and to the place that I gave you and to your fathers, as I did to Shiloh, and I will cast you out of my sight." Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Some say Jeremiah. Now obviously, and Jesus even quoted Jeremiah. You heard, in fact, there that Jesus quoted part of that passage, My house is being turned into a den of thieves. Now of course we know Jeremiah also spoke very consoling words to the people about the new covenant and the promise of redemption, the ten words of tenderness. We're not saying that all of Jeremiah's words or all of Jesus' words were these, these clear words of, of impending punishment and threat and an and urgent call to repentance. But these were part of it. You can't have tender mercy mean anything unless sin means something. Jeremiah. Some say Elijah. Let's go back to Elijah. This was in the days of Ahab and Jezebel. And remember a lot of the history of the Old Testament is there's, there's good kings, righteous kings who confirm people in the ways of the covenant. And then there are evil kings who actually lead the people into uh, false worship and uh, incur the wrath of the prophets who are reflecting the wrath of God. Well, here's Elijah. And uh, chapter 18 of 1 Kings has him gathering the false prophets of Baal. Remember, again, they were sacrificing their sons and daughters to Baal. Jeremiah mentioned Baal as well. This was the abortion of that time. And uh, Elijah gathers these prophets together. And he says to them, uh, choose for yourselves one bull. He sets up a contest. He says, choose for yourselves a bull, prepare it, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but don't put any fire to it. They took the bull that was given them, they prepared it, they called upon the name of Baal from morning to noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made, and at noon, Elijah mocked them saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. He mocked these prophets openly. 
And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one was listening. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord. And then it goes on to say how he put the sacrifice on the altar and poured water again and again, called on the true God, and fire came down from heaven. Now this was the occasion on which Elijah said to the people, Stop straddling the fence. Make up your minds. If the Lord is God, serve Him. If the Baals are God, then serve them. But don't try to hold two opinions. Elijah was, was strict with these people. And then after the fire came down from heaven, it says in verse 39, again, this is 1 Kings 18, When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. And then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let none of them escape. They seized them. Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon, and slaughtered them. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Some say Elijah. Yeah, we, 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 just, we just skip over this verse. Some say Elijah. The most thought most people give to this verse is, oh, oh, they made a mistake, they made a mistake. Why did they make the mistake? Jesus, in his demands, in his preaching, in his warnings, in his urgency, in his clarity, must have been something like Elijah. Otherwise, why did they confuse him? And finally, John the Baptist. Well, go to Matthew chapter 3. Remember, he preaches first, then Jesus comes along and he introduces the world to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. We're quoting John the Baptist's words every day. But let's take a look here at Matthew chapter 3. In those days... John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent. There's his first word of his ministry. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers. Notice, notice what he didn't say to them. What's, some, what's on some of these signs in front of some Christian churches these days, some of them with the rainbow on them. Oh, all are welcome here. Come. Come as you are. We're going to embrace you. All are welcome here. 
What does John the Baptist say when these Pharisees and Sadducees come to him? You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to raise up from these stones children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one is coming after me who is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Friends, how's that possible? Not one, not two, but three. Three people that you just, you just heard their preaching right from the Bible. You just heard in the first two instances, Jeremiah and Elijah, passage. You heard, word, you heard verses here that Peter and James and John and all these other apostles and all the disciples, all the people that Jesus was asking this question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the people he was talking about, the Jewish people, they knew those stories. Of course, they didn't yet know... <laughs> Matthew's gospel hadn't been written yet, so they didn't know. But they, they heard John the Baptist. And they knew Elijah and, and Jeremiah. How's this possible? I've made this point before. I've never gone into it in this kind of depth, though. That this tells us a lot about Jesus. Yes, we know. Yes, all these prophets, they did make it clear that God is a God who reconciles, wants to reconcile his people. That's the point. You're not preaching repentance to these people because God has rejected them. You're preaching repentance to these people precisely because God wants them to come back. But this is a hard and serious message. This is a brutal confrontation and a choice that needs to be made today without delay, without compromise. What is the Lord God? If so... Serve Him, and that means reject the other gods. If He's God, follow His way of life, and that means reject sin. Stop it. If you have sin in your life, you better stop it or it's going to destroy you. Let the fire of God purify you instead of the fires of hell destroy you. One way or another, you got to go through fire. It's inevitable. One way or the other, let the fire of repentance painful as it is, separate you from those things that are leading you away from God. Whether they are relationships, whether they're some kind of bad habit, some kind of pleasure, some kind of deceptive lie, some kind of ideology like pro-choice, whatever it is, whatever you have to do to cast it away from you. This is what Jesus meant when he said, if your eye is your problem, gouge it out. If your hand is your problem, cut it off. 
He's not talking about physically amputating. He's talking about the firmness of the decision and the willingness to bear the pain. We all know what he's talking about here. That is necessary when we have to turn away from evil. When we have to reject things from our lives that are leading us away from God, it's painful because we've become attached to those things. We have to change course and admit that something that we thought was okay is no longer right. It's not okay. And we might get people upset in the process. This is what it means, cut off your hand, gouge out your eye. John the Baptist was like this. Elijah was like this. Jeremiah was like this. We heard them for ourselves. And some people thought that Jesus was these people come back from the dead. Let's ask this theoretical question. Let's ask this question. How many of the, pre how many of the preachers and religious leaders today would people who knew Elijah, Jeremiah, the other prophets, and John the Baptist, how many would confuse them with each other? How many would think that the preachers you hear today are one of those guys? Because you know what? That's how many of these preachers are like Jesus. Now, there are some, you know, the gospel can be exaggerated one way or the other. We're not interested in exaggerating it at all. There are some people who preach so much about the wrath and the punishment that people don't even hear the word of mercy. You might have seen the React video I did the other day of this deluded pastor woman who was wearing a stole the stole had the stole had planned parenthood the words and their their symbol are right there on the stole and she's there talking about how she experienced when she had her abortion she experienced the holy presence of god she said you know the psalms say there's something holy in the womb when the baby is growing there and she gave some some uh, uh, token acknowledgement to that but then she said you know i also felt the holy presence of god when i had uh, the abortion well then if it's so holy here i have a suggestion for your your, your religious garment. Uh, uh, one side of the stole you have Planned Parenthood. On the other side of the stole, why don't you put a picture of an aborted baby? You think it's so holy? And that's what some of these, these false prophets do. They actually think and say and try to use Scripture to defend the idea that abortion is holy. Jeanette Paris actually wrote a book called The Sacrament of Abortion. This was back in the early 90s. Friends, then why don't they put a picture of an abortion? In fact, in their pro-choice church services, well, show us a video of an abortion. Just show it to us. That was another video that Janet was reacting to, our executive director. By the way, I hope you follow her on social media too, Janet Morana. She reacted to this uh, this young lady that uh, went to uh, went online and said, "Oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a video of my um, of my uh, chemical abortion." This reminds me of the lady two, a couple of years ago who, who said, "I'm going to show you a video of my surgical abortion." And both of them were the same. And this was the 
the reaction both Janet and I had to this, both now and back then. Both of them were the same. You didn't see the abortion. You saw the woman. Now, I'm not going to, I'll take you at your word that, that the video we saw of you uh, was, in fact, while you were having the abortion. Fine, I could, I could accept that. But you didn't show us the abortion. You want to show us a surgical abortion? Show us the, 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 the instruments that are going inside of you. We didn't see any instruments. And show us what, show us the, the, what it's taking out of you. Show us what it's doing. What it's doing is ending the life of the baby. So show us the baby and show us how the instrument ends the baby's life and then show us what the aborted baby looks like when that baby comes out of you. That would be showing a video of an abortion. And then this girl recently with the chemical abortion, what, you, what did you see? You saw her face. You saw a bottle of pills. We all know what that looks like. Then you saw a box of medication. We know what that looks like, too. Then we saw some paperwork, and we know what that looks like also. Show us the abortion, why don't you? Then she says in the video, oh, yes, you know, these big blood clots came out. What do you think those were? And why do you go on a video to tell us the words blood clot? We know how to say those words. And then Suzanne was saying, I remember that, Michigan broadcast live abortion on, on radio, NPR. They did a story about that. What was that, about a year ago or so? And, uh, and once again, they described in too general a way what was happening. Yeah, like, like Lady Cactus is saying, they're cowards. Yeah, they sure are. Because they described in words what was happening but not actually what it was. So the blood clot, so there's going back to this woman with the chemical abortion. Well, why do you go on a video to tell us the words blood clots? Show it to us. Oh, I'm going to video my chemical abortion. Yeah, but she wouldn't show us the blood clots, would they? Would she? No, because that was the hands and the feet and the face of the baby. Similarly on this radio thing, they didn't describe what it was that they extract from the body of this mother when she's there on the table for the abortion? Tell, my goodness, tell us. You're talking about hands and arms, feet and faces. So back to our, our gospel today. Friends, Jesus is the mercy of God. Jesus, you talk about the tender embrace of God, that's Jesus. But that doesn't mean he's a marshmallow or a tulip. He is a God who makes demands of us that are very, very serious, very urgent and immediate. He is a God who brings us pain. I mean, I had my, my, my dental cleaning not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. The dentist brings you pain, too, and, uh, but it's for a really good purpose. It's not because he has anything against you or wants to hurt you, right? Is there, is there healing without pain? I mean, even just in our ordinary natural life, is there growth, is there education without pain? Do any of you as parents hesitate to inflict some pain on your children, loving pain, when you've got to tell them to do something they don't like? 
And how is it that somehow this idea about Jesus, where again, in reflected in some of these, these, these flowery signs on uh, the entrances of church, oh yeah, everybody's welcome here. Yeah, but when you welcome them, tell them what you're welcoming them to. And give them the grace and the benefit of knowing how they need to repent. Let's go back to prayer. Father, thank you for this time together. And thank you for Elijah, who tells us not to straddle the fence. Thank you for Jeremiah, who tells us not to think that just because we're going into a physical building, which is a church, that therefore we're safe. We're not, unless we repent. Thank you for John the Baptist, who says, his winnowing fan is in his hand. He will burn the chaff in unquenchable fire. Lord, give us a healthy fear of that fire. And let us instead choose the fire of repentance, which really is the fire of love. The love that you give us, the love that you give us in Christ, that's a burning fire that purifies us completely, lifts us up to pure, like pure gold into your presence. Father, we pray for those who are far away from you this morning who don't know that it's Sunday, who don't know that it's the, the resounding Alleluia feast of the resurrection, every, every Sunday being like a little Easter. Bless those that don't know this great joy of the gospel. Enable them to know it. Bless those who we know, maybe in among our family or friends that have strayed from the faith. Bring them back, Lord God, like the prodigal son. And let us be ready and eager to welcome them back and to celebrate with them the mercy of God. Bless those especially who are far away from you because they've had an abortion. Let them hear the voices of our silent no more men and women to know that you are the God of mercy and reconciliation. Bless our clergy. May they open their mouths, proclaiming fearlessly the, the gospel like your son Jesus like John the Baptist, like Elijah and Jeremiah. Bless the clergy. And Lord God, bless each of us in our needs. Bring healing where healing is needed. Bring the guidance and light of the Holy Spirit where discernment is needed for important decisions. Bring the God of consolation, the spirit of consolation where there is sorrow and loss. And bring your angels of, who are singing hymns of gratitude everywhere where there is success and victory. Bless us today now, Lord, as we live this gospel, as we live this word that we've heard. Make us strong in defending life. Bless the voters of this nation. Make them aware of what is going on and ready to vote. Bless President Trump as he endures Marxist persecution. Marxism has come to America. Bless him as he stands for all of us. Bless us as we stand with him against this evil of tyranny. Bless all of us as we move forward as your body and as we pray now the words Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, well, I'm going to play the little clip after I get over there to the control panel of Father David Begany asking you to support our ministry. I join my voice to his ProLifeGift.org. I know many of you are donors already. If you don't want to donate online, you can call us, 321-500-1000. And uh, our staff will walk you through the ways you can assist us, 321-500-1000. And uh, make sure you tune in to our other broadcasts and programs. And uh, we'll have a lot to say this week on our evening show, Praying for America, about all this political persecution that's going on uh, of President Trump and of all of the rest of us. It's really about an attack on us all. But thanks for joining me for this time of prayer this morning. Have a wonderful Lord's Day, and we will talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much, and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.